Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of tabletop gaming and the topics that affect the board game community. In episode eight, the Punchboarders talk about origins, and then we are going to draft our top five games from 2017. Hello, everyone. I'm Clef. Hi, I'm Chad. Now I'm Richie. Oh, goodness. Boys, I don't know about you, but I'm dragging. Uh, back to work today was I don't was know tough. what you're whining about. I had to go back to work the day before you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, oh, I'm so tired. We got to get together and go play a game together on Monday. Ooh. Yeah, I was about to say, we <laughs> had to get more gaming in. It's oh, God. Yeah. Exhausting. That, that's, that is exhausting. I totally agree. Totally <laughs> so... Everybody, we're going to kind of do a little bit different format for this podcast than we normally do. We're just going to talk, since we have so much to talk about, uh, we're going to give a recap of our Origins weekend, kind of what we did, what we played, uh, who we saw, who we talked to. And then after that, we're going to go straight into doing our draft of the top 2017 games, like I said. And uh, we've been kind of looking forward to doing this one. We wanted to make sure we got every game played, so that's why we're a little bit later than most people on their top 2017 just to get it ready boys what what do you think let's what do we want to start with with origin probably the drive right a nice 12 hour long drive i've I've tried to forget that already that was a long drive (laughs) i will say that was a long drive and i like you guys okay but we had some fun what we 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 played a couple of different uh car games yeah uh chad chad what was that one that you had i I don't remember it's called dark stories uh it's basically it's as you would say, it's an activity where there are different cards, and somebody has died, which is why it's called Dark Stories. So one person is going to read the card. It's a basically a two- or three-sentence thing on the card regarding that death, and then other players have to ask the player reading the card, the narrator, yes or no questions to try and figure out what happened, because on the back of the card, it kind of explains how the death happened. So an example might be, a man is hanging from a rope above a puddle, and that's all the card says. And then the back says, you know, he stood on an ice block and hung himself, and and then it melted. Everybody's trying to ask what it, you know, what happened. So that's basically it. It's a perfect card game because a lot of them were, I mean, it was just giant leaps in logic as far <laughs> as the things that happened. Right. So... Yeah. That one with the, uh, uh, spoiler alert, I guess here, uh, the one with the funeral where the sister saw a man fell in love with him and killed her sister. It was weird. Yes. But oh, yeah, they're yeah. all over or, the place. Yeah. Or that DJ one with the with the car radio one. It was like, what what is right. going yep. on here? They, they, yeah. That was crazy. Kind of strange. I actually liked but, the uh, game that you brought, though. I had never actually, I've heard about it, but I never actually played Linky. Yeah. It's, it's a fun one. Uh, definitely another one of those just fun activity type of games where you're kind of guessing. Well, basically, the game is... You'll read four questions that are on a card, and the object's not necessarily to answer the four questions, but you have to, if you know what those questions are, the answers are all going to link in to a general overview of those. Uh, So you might have something like, uh, you know, a question might say blah, 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 to get you to giant. And it might get you to another one might get you to the word Hogan. And you'll kind of start to link those things together. And all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, wrestling figure, you know, wrestling personalities and things like that. So 
it's kind of a fun little card game. And then you're just trying to spell the word Linky, which is kind of not even the point of the game. Just kind of a fun little thing. Uh, I think I beat you both at it. So I was pretty happy. You, yes, you did. And it, and by that <laughs> definition, it's not an activity. It's a game. Then. But anyway, it's spelled L-I-N-K-E-E, right? Yes, that is. Yep. And I, I think they even have a contest if you send in and like get a card published or something, they'll send you a free copy of the game or something like that. I've never tried to do it. I'm not that smart, but <laughs> just to let you know if I ever right. do that. Sounds good. <laughs> so we did that to to end the interminable drive, and then we, we got in pretty late, right? And we grabbed our badges, but unfortunately we kind of didn't think ahead and we didn't do the boardroom pass because we just figured we could pick it up later. But unfortunately, because we got in Wednesday night and the con opened on Wednesday morning, all the boardroom passes were all sold out already, which was kind of a bummer. And not true. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, at least, I mean, it wasn't busy at all. That's the thing that is just irritating. <laughs> we're trying to give them 20 bucks to get that pass. And then when you walk by the boardroom, I mean, half of it was empty most of the time. That is true. I, I never saw it more than half, now half full. I mean, at the most, it was ever half full. Uh, I think somebody screwed something up. I, I don't think anybody knew quite what was going on there. Or they just... They had to have the thought process if every single person who bought a badge came into the room at the exact same time, they can only sell this many seats. Well, they're never that's never gonna happen. Luckily though, we packed more games than we did close for the most part. At least I did. <laughs> that's for true. Sure. You totally did. Yes, that's true. That is true. <laughs> we were fine. We weren't hurting for playing games, that's for sure. No. <laughs> Just space sometimes. <laughs> well, that night we we met up with uh, our friends uh, Jake, Joe, and Ty, and, and they played some games with us, which was good. I had brought along a couple of games. Deep Sea Adventure was one of them. Richie, you have Deep Sea Adventure too, right? Yeah, I love that game. It's a good little uh, quick uh, press your luck filler from Oink Games. So it comes in one of those little tiny boxes. But the cool thing about it is that you're, I mean, the theme of it is you're you're diving down deep to try to get treasure points, basically. But you all share oxygen. So the more treasure people pick up, the quicker that oxygen runs out. And the whole goal is to get back to the submarine before you die. And the first, did anyone make it back the first time? Nope. Our first game? No, we all died. <laughs> no, yeah. First round, yeah. yeah, you played over three rounds. First round, everyone died. <laughs> I think even I was like at the, I was right on that last step or someone was right on that last step and they couldn't get out on the last roll. But really good uh, filler game. But then we played... Uh, Warful Bonanza, which... (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah, I brought it. I had heard a lot about this game, so I picked it up. You know, I had heard a lot that, you know, everybody's involved because it's a game. It's it's Bonanza, but it's with dice. So you're rolling these dice, and then you're completing these bean recipes that you have on cards, which correspond to the colors of the dice as they get rolled and the person that's the active player rolling them they get to take whichever dice they can use and then they re-roll some and then they take what they can use and they re-roll some but what happens is the other players around the table are constantly looking at those dice to see if they the ones that are left over that aren't taken they can use and say stop and show that they can use it on their bean recipes to complete a recipe and move up the card for more and more points until you play till i think 12 or 13 points well unfortunately this game went on so long now we played with five players is that right i think it was five players and the problem was is it just went on forever it felt like because we were not getting the dice that we wanted when the active player would take them and it yeah it just i mean maybe we should have 
always gone for the lowest thing. I don't know if there was something we were missing, but it just felt like it went on longer than we wanted to and ended up not being our kind of game, I think. Yeah, it felt yeah. like the longest game of the con, <laughs> easily. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, even though it, it probably not to wasn't. Mention it, right. Yeah, even it took a long time for us to even get the rules down, and we had like three or four people looking at the rules, and it was still kind of difficult to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So that was Verful Bonanza, but yeah. that kind of ended our day, basically, because it was late, and so we got back and got got to Richie's parents' house and stayed there, and uh, that was the end of our day, right? Yeah, that's all that happened yeah. day one. The next day was Thursday, and <clears throat> we went into the dealer hall, and we blissfully but totally ignorantly passed by that Plan B games booth right away, not understanding that the huge line we saw was for 100 and 100 only copies of Coimbra from Eggertspiel, the game that we had talked about by uh, Virginio Gili and uh, Flaminia Brasini, the one that we were really looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I got my little peacock trick-taking game. You did, you did, and that's exciting. Yeah, they there right away. Joyful. <laughs> Uh, the sad thing is, I don't even think there was a line. I think we walked because we were over in like the side hall, and we came right in over there and walked right by it. Yeah. I mean, we would have been like second in line or something, I think, and we just didn't have a clue. I thought everybody was going after Century Eastern Roads. Maybe that's the yes. game. I can't remember. But uh, you know, it was a hundred copies of Coimbra and. I'm kicking myself for uh, not getting it because that is a definite game that I'm looking forward to. Well, uh, we were lucky, right? I kind of walked around near one of the tables and Stephanie Hodge, who is now with Board Game Geek, but she's been writing an awesome blog called All the Meeples of the Rainbow for a while, which I love. She does awesome photography too. She really loves the game and she was already teaching it to two of her friends and we kind of were standing watching, and she goes, hey, I can teach a four-player game easier, so why don't you guys sit down? And we were like, yes, let's do it. So she lo- yeah, she, yep. she loves the game, and she taught it to Clef and I and a couple other people, and there were some really great mechanisms. We really enjoyed kind of parsing out those those mechanisms uh, that had the dice drafting and, and the the almost route building would you say on that map um a little bit and it's it's kind of a you know i mean you're just moving around the map trying to get different uh, abilities and it's just another way to you know to get the the actions that you kind of need to use uh, that also come on the cards uh yeah but it seems like a very solid game and i, I hopefully at gen con do not miss out on picking myself up a copy yeah, of that that'll one. be good uh, so then, right then when we were at that booth, I had told um, a local listener, our friend Bryce, who we talk about a lot, that I was going to bring him back a Century Eastern Wonders playmat because he had asked about that. I was in line. I got it. And then I just happened to see Emerson Matsuchi, who was kind of a surprise guest, I guess. And he was signing some of them. So I quick texted Bryce and said, hey, do you want your sign? And Bryce said, yeah. So I went up and asked Emerson to sign it. And I was so glad I did because... He's just he was just so so great to talk to. He was taking his time with everybody and he really stopped and chatted for a second and asked about the podcast and he was uh, talking about his games and I told him you know that we really enjoy Spectre Ops and it was just really nice to chat with him because he's he's just so genuine and, and kind. So that was a really great highlight for me. And then of course Bryce now has a signed map by him, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and he was signing a lot of those maps yeah. and a lot of those uh, games. Yeah. They sold out of that quick. Yeah, they did. And I think yep. I think Eastern yep. Wonders is going to do well for them, so that's good. I, I want to say Plan B probably had 
maybe the most successful origin from just busyness. Right. They were, they were very busy the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. By the last day, everything at the booth was sold out. Wow. So that's impressive. Yeah. I was trying to talk them into letting me have a demo copy of uh, the Coimbra, uh, but they they weren't having any of that. <laughs> like, come on, just box it up. I'll take While it. While we got our demo on, Richie, why don't you explain where you wandered off to? <laughs> well, first I went, I had to go pick up, the reason I, I wandered off, I had to go pick up a flea market purchase, a virtual flea market purchase that I had set up. But then when I came back and I saw you guys were playing that, I just decided to just kind of explore a little bit. And I came across the cool mini or not booth and i saw in they have the little case set up and they had a bunch of the blood rage exclusive monsters which i i did not back the original blood rage which uh kickstarter which i'm regretting but so i went up and asked him i was like so how do we, how do i get one of those like what do i have to give you to get one of those and he was like oh you just gotta you know every 25 dollars you spend you get a ticket two tickets get you one i was like, all right well i'm i'm gonna try not to spend way too much because <laughs> there were two that i definitely <laughs> that i that i definitely wanted uh so i went over i looked at all the games they had dragon castle uh, which i had been looking at and i was probably going to pick up anyways uh, they had that for 50 bucks so i was like eh, whatever i'll just buy that and and i got the uh oh what i can't remember the name of it but i got one of the blood rage exclusive monsters Finrear, right which the wolf yeah that's right Yep, the wolf. Uh, very cool sculpt, and it goes for seventy-five to a hundred bucks on eBay by itself. So I figured, you know, fifty bucks for Dragon Castle, and that gets chucked in with it is a good deal. So sure. that was pretty darn good deal. Yeah, well, I definitely want to that play was, that Dragon Castle with you sometime. Yeah, well, it's already set up on the table. I'm gonna try to trick Jessica into playing it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, that was unnecessary purchase one. Right. Well, and then you and I both went over to the Queen booth because. We wanted to pick up, for for a local listener, Joe, we wanted to pick up Merlin and the Queenie expansions for Merlin, and uh, and I'm getting those eventually, too. So we wanted to pick those up, and while we were there, that was cool, because we met Ian, who was working at the Queen booth, who actually happens to be a pretty stellar board game teacher, and he did a really great job kind of just steering us over to Luxor and teaching that we hadn't we hadn't planned on it but we kind of thought well let's let's try this we haven't tar- tried it and we don't know much about it except that it was a no. uh what is it Kinnerspiel uh Spiel des Sorry, Spiel des yeah it was yeah. just Spiel yeah. and so we we tried that out and it was a good time actually yeah it was kind of nice uh because the queen booth was kind of off out of the main area so you had you know, it wasn't real busy or anything, and they, uh, they didn't have anybody over there at the time. So we were able to sit down, and we actually played a full game of it. Uh, yeah, it plays pretty quick. I can see why it was nominated. And of the three, it's probably getting the least amount of buzz, but I thought it was a really good game. I was actually surprised on how much I actually enjoyed it. I think we all were, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty – I don't want to say it's simple, but it's it's got some simpleness to it where you're just moving your meeples along a, a track and – each, like, they'll have tiles that will have a number of different meeples printed on there, and that's how many of your meeples you kind of have to get to that square to pick up the tile. And then there's other tiles that you just do actions with. And then you're just trying to make it to the end, uh, and so many points you get for making it out first or second. Along with the set collection of the tiles. Yeah, yeah, a little set collection. But uh, I think Ian said that there was some things to make it a little bit more meaty if i remember right uh so i'd be interested in giving it another shot i I don't know if it'd be a game that i think i'd add to my collection but i think it would be a good family weight type of game for somebody who's looking for yeah i definitely agree i always appreciate rudiger dorn's 
designs, I think. And this was basically what to expect from him. A pretty accessible game with some uh, some interesting mechanisms and decisions on a lighter scale. Yeah. And then Travis, who was uh, kind of heading up the Queen Gains booth, showed us the board for the franchise game, which I had on my anticipation list from last episode. And he, just looking at the board, he kind of described it as power grid for people who don't care really about the auctions. So that was interesting because I actually, I like auctions, but I don't really love the auction power grid. So I don't know. It might be interesting to check out. But I was also wooed by the fact that it was, you know, a board from my man, Ian O'Toole. So that was good. (laughs) I would say I thought pretty much <laughs> right. I would say pretty much Ian O'Toole was the the main thing we were going over to see on that at first. There. Well, yeah, sure. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, if you say the word Ian O'Toole, Chad's like, oh, I yep, will take a look at this game. Uh-huh, I'll take. It. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep, there you go. So, but that kind of <laughs> combined Lacerda in there, and he's that's just right. all over it. There's that's no right. stopping him. <laughs> so that reminds me, uh, that was one of the that was kind of one of the sad points. Actually, was right next to that booth. Almost was Escape Plan from uh, Lacerda and Ian O'Toole, all set up, looking amazing and beautiful. But there was some kind of snafu. At least that's what we were told by Eagle Griffin, because that's where the booth was. They did not know how to demo the game there was nobody who was knowledgeable enough to demo the game. So very sadly, you could not, unless you were very special, and apparently I'm not very special. (laughs) We're not. Even though my mom (laughs) says I am, I am not very special to the Origins and Eagle Griffin staff. But I heard that Paul Grogan from Gaming Rules, who does a lot of their stuff anyway, was familiar with it. In fact, I think he's working on the rule book and stuff, and I, I actually saw a video today of... Final Impressions, which was really great from people that had played it. And so certain people got to demo it at night after Paul Grogan was done with the CGE booth. There were some mixed reviews that I'm hearing, but I think I'm really going to enjoy it. Now, part of it, I think, is down to Paul Grogan's teach because I was hearing that that was particularly tense and fun. So we'll see. I, I'm still pretty high on this game. So Yeah, I mean, that's a tough order. To fill anyways, demoing a, a Lacerda game. It's, I think it's totally understandable that they... What do you, what do you mean? Lisboa. Play a card, <laughs> draw a card, take an action. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Right. Oh, yeah, that's deal. it. It's pretty simple. <laughs> uh, by that time, though, <clears throat> we went to lunch then because we were all pretty hungry. So we went to lunch at the North Market, which a lot of people talked about. So we knew we had to, had to go there. And I'll have to admit, I think... Everybody that I've heard from was right. North Market is a great place to go. Amazing. The food was, you name a food, it was there. I can't imagine you being able to name a certain type of food. I had pretty much everything. Uh, I had the pasta. I had the pizza. It it was good. And they had Jenny's ice cream there, which is delicious. Oh, that was so awesome. I I had, I mean, there there was pho, like Vietnamese pho. There was Indian food. It was great. It was really, it was really good. Definitely, uh, well worth the trip over there. <laughs> right, we filled up on that stuff, and then we came back, and Richie and I went to the Stronghold Games booth, I think, and we got uh, Steamrollers, the new Roll and Write from Stronghold, demoed to us uh, by Michael. So, and we didn't, we yeah. didn't end up picking it up, but Richie, I think this is one we're probably eventually going to get, right? Uh, yeah, probably. It, it was a really good roll and write. Uh, you know, it has some interesting decisions. I won't go into the whole thing, but I mean, essentially, you know, every time the, the dice go around, you roll it, you're going to draw a, draw some track or, you know, increase your, the power of your engine or possibly deliver goods 
to one of the areas. But, you know, overall, it was a solid game. I think I'll probably pick it up when it, uh, well, it's already released. So uh, one of these days, I'll probably pick it up. <laughs> yep. So it was, uh, that was a good play. And, and that was, uh, was that Stronghold yep. Games? Was yep, that Steamrollers? Okay. Yep. And then after we played Steamrollers, we got in a game of The Expanse with Jake and Joe, right? Jesse, I think it was. Was Joe in that game? Or Jesse, that's right. Jesse was in that yep. game. Yes. Well, we kind of already talked about it in recent plays a few episodes back, but it's just, it's a card-driven game that you are either using the action points on the card to do actions for area control around this solar system. Of course, it's based on the popular TV show, so you're vying for control of the different belts and planets like Mars and Earth and such, and everybody plays a different faction. But you're taking these cards, and you either play the action points on it or you play the event on it if it is for your faction, just like Twilight Struggle or those kind of games. But it's a it's a four-player game, which makes it a little bit different. The other thing that makes it kind of different is you can save events and play them later during scoring rounds when those happen. As you go on, each player's faction gets a different ability, so it makes it kind of fun. I I kind of liken it to if you smashed a four-player Twilight Struggle together with Tammany Hall, and that's kind of what it felt like. And we had a good time sort of butting heads back and forth. And Jesse won that one, I think. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, he did. Yep. Oh. And then uh, while we were finishing up that game, we saw Clef kind of round the corner <laughs> with a gigantic box. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you guys were playing The Expanse, which, oh, boy, sounds like I'm glad I missed. Um <laughs> Anything that smashes with Tammany Hall is uh, not on my must playlist. But anyways, uh, I was out and about kind of walking around. And I honestly, I feel like I had done really well not spending a lot of money so far at the con. So I was was pretty proud of myself when I walked upon a booth and uh, Mr. Mark Swanson was sitting down and was demoing a game called Feudum. I knew about Feudum, and I know it ran a Kickstarter, but it was one of those games that I just didn't quite pull the trigger on So, because I didn't know a whole bunch about it. So I sat down, he started kind of teaching it and kind of showing some things about it. You got like 11 action cards, and each round you're going to choose four different cards that you're going to use exclusively for you. And then it's kind of a Euro type of game where you're trying to gain control of areas and and do different things. And instantly I was just like, yep, this is a game that I know I'm going to like. This just seems right in my wheelhouse. So it was it was literally one of those things where I just started doing the uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. And then finally, at the end, I go, "How much?" He tells me how much, and I said, "I'll take it." And it was like, "Well, you can get it with this, and then you can also add these three expansions in." I'm like, "Uh huh, I'll take that." And he's like, "And then if you buy the coins, I'll throw in these wooden components." Uh huh, I'll take that. And then it ended up being 120 dollars. And uh, okay, <laughs> whoops. So yeah, uh, I'm still excited about it. I've I've almost gotten through the rule book, and I'm really looking forward to putting that one on the table. Uh, so that, yeah, Feudum, Feudum by uh, Mark Swanson. I'm not sure who published that. I don't know if that's a independent, him just independently sponsoring that one. But uh, yeah, that was Feudum. After Feudum, we just kind of wandered around the hall, just kind of checking out random stuff, I think. And then we picked up some quick food again at the North Market, and we got ready and headed over to the big meetup of the day, which was a joint meetup with Blue Peg Pink Peg and the Brawling Brothers and Man vs. Meeple were special guests there. And so we, we got in there and we really had a great time that night. I think we, we got to talk to so many people. I talked to Paul Grogan for a minute about teaching teaching games because he's just he's a 
such a genius at it. The way he does it sort of piecemeal, basically, and gives you just what you need to know to play a round or a turn and then slowly feeds it to you over time. So anyway, I'm, I'm just fascinated with the way he does that. And I have a I have a goal to kind of become a better a better teacher. So I got to talk to him about that. I talked to Ella from Laminating Board Games about her recent uh, Man vs. Meeple video about inclusion and positive representation in games, which is which is awesome because we had some good stuff to talk about that. And just, you, you know, meeting up yeah. with everybody. You know, uh, Jeremy and David from Man vs. Meeple, I, I met up with them and, and talked because... Twa is one of Jeremy's favorite games, which you guys love, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. Right? So he was talking about that there is a strictly two-player version, which I didn't know about, and I haven't gone back on to check on, but that there is a strictly two-player version that is in the works, along with a roll-and-write, which is interesting in and of itself. But the two-player version was kind of interesting, so that was good. Everybody is coming out with roll-and-writes for true. every game. Now, <laughs> yeah. so it's like, it's just, anytime a decent game, all right, let's make it into a roll-and-write yep. now. <laughs> That was weird. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It was. It was packed. I mean, they had it up on this little, uh, I don't know, uh, patio area upstairs, which was a pretty big patio mm-hmm. area, and it was packed. At one point, I sent Richie out to get drinks for us, and I never thought he would come back. I, I didn't think I was going to make it either. Forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, though, I didn't mind so much. I mean, it was packed, but it was just, I mean, we were hanging out with, everybody was super friendly. We were hanging out with all those people, and oh, yeah. it was just mm-hmm. great. And, yeah. and of course, like, Josh from Brawling Brothers was kind of emceeing the event as they were doing some of that raffle giveaway, and they were having great great time with some of the listeners, you know, Megan Naxer and all those guys. Yeah. So it was, it was awesome. It was really awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's when we met, uh, we met Cece and... Eric, right? That's when they showed us the the fleecing Olympus. Right, yeah. Pa- there, it's being published by Passport Games, and so it's CC and Eric Highland who met up yeah. with us, and they just kind of—I don't know how—how how did that start? That they just said, "Hey, you want to play this?" Or we were just being raucous and playing other games, I think, and they saw that, right? Yeah, they were in the table next to us. They were sitting at the table next to us and just kind of said, "Hey, you guys want to try this out?" Yeah, and so I'm glad we did because it was kind of a fun, yeah, neat little game. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a take that type of game with cards where you're trying to you, you roll a couple of dice and then the dice will determine who gives uh, somebody some of their gems or somebody else has to pay gems. And the object is to get the most gems. But it's more of a fun little just take that type of game. I was terrible <laughs> at it, as I am always in those games. And at some point, I was, of course, the first one to have no money because Chad <laughs> took it all or no gems, I guess I should say. Not that Chad knew what he was doing to get all. Yeah, I really, at that point, I was not sure what I was doing anyway. But at least I wasn't going to spill spill uh, drinks on their prototype. That was that was the forgivable part. Well, you know, I I was getting a little happy, and uh, I started bringing some drinks back at one point. And I came up, and I'm like, "Here's everybody's drinks." And Eric about was like, "Whoa, whoa, yeah. this is our only yes. copy." <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Sorry. it wasn't their prototype. That was their first print. Uh, our first copy yeah. from their print run, That's and right. uh, that was the only one they had. Oh man! Yeah, and they were doing a, a dice tower thing the next day to show the game on That's the right. dice tower. So that would not have been good to say. Oh yes, this one was uh, had vodka. <laughs> <all of it. laughs> uh, but the interesting thing about that game was you had to you had to really focus because you had to be playing those cards in real time because any rule that somebody slapped down on the on the thing was going to go basically. So. 
Like you play the card yeah. and then somebody else plays a card to negate your card as quick as possible. And now this person owes this person this many gems, but no, now this person owes gems or, you know, it was kind of crazy, but that's kind of what made it fun in that atmosphere. So, yeah, it was good in that. Atmosphere. As a Euro player, you know, I cringe when, you know, things are slapping down all <laughs> over the place, but uh, for what the game was, I think they did an excellent job. And anybody likes games like that, definitely check out uh, fleecing Olympus coming out from uh, passport games. And then, you know, the night was starting to wind down and clear out a little bit. I mean, people were dancing, and Christina from Blue Peg, Pink Peg was over there playing some animal upon animal with, like, a revolving pedestal thing, which was kind of crazy. And we broke out, time's up, and had a pretty heated competitive game, the the punch borders against Jesse, Jake, and Ty. And we did okay at first, but it went downhill, so. Yeah, that would be the way we did really good in the first and second round and let's just say our acting was I, I don't know maybe our acting wasn't that bad but we were way too possibly inebriated <laughs> to even remember half the words <laughs> i was giving fantastic was clues every time i was giving a clue jesse uh, <laughs> jake and joe were like oh that's great yep. yeah. And I don't know how you yep, guys weren't yep. getting them. I just, I just kept yep. not getting it because I wanted to see Richie do nude descending a staircase more times. <laughs> <laughs> so. I still don't know uh, what that's yeah. a title of. I don't but. know either, but. No, I never did check that one out. Nope. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you haven't played Time's Up real quick on that game, it is a fun party game. Uh, it's, you know, similar to. Uh, Monikers. Oh, what's the other one that. Uh, Monikers, yeah, very similar to that. A lot of fun, just a good party, solid game. Definitely a good one. Yeah, it's out. it's basically like charades in three different forms. But sure. yep. after that, we decided to head home. It was pretty late, and we got home and crashed for the most part. Oh, and this is where I came up with the best idea of the entire time. <laughs> Let's all get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to get there early. Yep, that was fabulous. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we beat the traffic we and did. we had a great parking spot, all right? Yep. So, so, and that was that really set the stage for me because I drank way too much caffeine. I had a bunch of cokes that night at the meetup. And so I got probably less than 2 hours sleep. I tossed and turned all night, which then of course we got up, ready to go at 6, and I was just a little bit grouchy. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got up at 5 a, and I looked at my little? phone and I saw Chad had been posting on Facebook like two hours uh, beforehand. So that, that cannot be good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, but we got to the convention yeah, hall early and uh, yeah. I picked thrash and roll. Cause I just thought, okay, that sounds like a title that's going to keep me awake. So we, we played that. It, it was interesting. It was an interesting play. Clef, why don't you give the background rules? Cause I probably can't remember them. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure you can. I'm not, positive you remember playing the game um it's a it's a uh dice placement game uh rotto was a, a rotto runs through he he really liked this game and when i saw it i thought this looks like a pretty cool game so i i got it it's it is definitely an early kickstarter type of game you can tell the the there's a lot of good things going on with the game it just has a few clunky type of things with it a little maybe convoluted that could have been cleaned up, I think, maybe if it was maybe produced by a regular yeah. publisher. Not 100% positive, but it, it has some cool things in it. It's enjoyable. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I can't really say much more about it. It really just a dice placement. When you place the dice, you get certain actions. You got cards, and then you're just trying to uh, score points. The theme is cool. I mean, there's not a lot of themes out there where it's you know you're a heavy metal band trying to make it in the music world, and that's kind of the theme. Um, not that that necessarily comes out great in the game, but uh, it works good enough. Yeah, I I enjoyed it, but it, like you said, convoluted. Uh, yeah, the perfect description. Because, I mean, you, you're going to be in the rule book the entire game, rereading the same things over and over again. And that's the problem with the game is is I've played it probably four times now, I'm going to guess. And every time I play it, I have to sit there and reread almost every single rule because it's just so convoluted on, on how the play is and what each symbol does and how this works and stuff like that. So, But still enjoyable. I'd still if play it If somebody again. cleaned that up, I'd be really excited to play it, to be honest. As it is, I'd play it again, yeah. but it just... It, it, it's clunky. It was interesting, though. Yeah. But I, after that play, which I don't know what the score was. I'm pretty sure I didn't win it. In fact, I'm positive. But anyway, I, <laughs> I was still tired, and I wandered <laughs> off to sleep in the car in the parking garage. And Clef and Richie, you, you guys played Hanging Gardens, which Richie had just picked up from his trade, right? Yeah. So I uh, that was another virtual flea market buy, which I, which is out of print, and I got it for like, I think 15 bucks. So I was excited about that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. that's an awesome price. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so in Hagen gardens, it's just, uh, you're basically building a garden. It's a a little card game, a card and tile game. And you just have this little empty, uh, garden space that you start off with. And then you're drafting cards back and forth, uh, building out this garden, trying to match up uh, different sets of little garden features, but basically colors. And then when you get uh, at least three together, you can take a scoring tile. And then you're just set collection in the scoring tile. Most points at the end wins. What would you think about it, Clef? Because uh, I've played it several times, obviously, since I tracked it down. Um, I thought it was okay. It has some interesting spatialness to it. I think it's one of those games I could play maybe three or four times and I'd, I'd probably be done with it. But I, for what it's doing, I think it's neat. It's kind of neat to try to get the right things there to do the set collections and you can go for quick sets or you can try to get the bigger ones to try to get the, the bigger uh, tiles or whatever or the more expensive tiles. I, I would say average to good game is what I would kind of call it. Yeah. And then uh, after that, would we head upstairs to that awesome table that Jake had found previously? To Oh, yeah. He found that like hidden table that was way off from everywhere, but it was a nice big table and had charging ports on it. That was pretty uh, sweet. Right. Yeah, I remember because you went to go get the games. And I was kind of waking up and somewhat a better human at that point, I think. So then I <laughs> I, I joined, and uh, you guys, I think, played Carthago. And Jake, I made Jake, well, Jake said, Chad, you keep talking about it. Let's play Clinic. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. I've had an extra hour of sleep now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Such an easy right. game to learn. No but problems. it was a brain melter. You've kind of talked about Clinic by Alban Viard before. Yeah. But it's where you build that yeah. hospital. But the 3D element of stacking and adjoining rooms on top of floors and moving stuff around. Whoa. That's a lot. And it was a lot for me. But I, I still nonetheless enjoyed it. And I am totally going to be backing it when there is the 2019 version with the Ian O'Toole art. So it's got me. I'll, I'll get it. 
In an actual box, I hope. Yeah, not just a slap-together cardboard box. But, you know, that's what you yeah. get sometimes when you're a one-man yeah. operation. The game itself was still really good to yeah. play. So That's right. And then we got the uh, three-player game of uh, Carthago in. Um, <laughs> Richie, would, you, you liked it enough that you're like, uh, you went and bought it afterwards. Yeah, I would say that that was probably my favorite game of the con, of the new releases. Yep. That one stuck out the most. Yeah, absolutely. It's a You know, and we'll talk about it on a future episode, but it for sure... Uh, was my favorite and it's pretty simple it's a you know card driven game with actions that you have to take with your cards and you only have 15 actions in the entire game and literally I'm telling you if you ever have to use one of your actions and you just have to pass because you can't do something that is not good when you only have 15 actions in the game (laughs) so uh, I ended up winning that one uh, pretty easy because both Jesse and Richie the last round had to pass. I can't remember if it was your last, next to last action or your last action, but they both had to pass, and that uh, that hurt them both pretty bad. Yeah, you're pretty much but, done if you yeah. if you have to pass in that game. Oh my God, guys! You know what I just realized? What's that? We didn't talk about the probably the coolest thing about the meetup on oh, Thursday. Oh, you're night. right, right. Meeting yep. Beth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! How did uh, we forget that? Was that? Because Beth Beth was a good time. <laughs> She's funny. Yeah. So literally here, this we're standing in line waiting to get into the uh, to the mashup, and all of a sudden, this lady comes up and just comes up to Chad's hand and just shakes his hand and goes, "Hi, Chad. How you doing?" Like she knew him forever, <laughs> and then she kind of walked over to Richie and said, "You know, hi, Richie. You know, blah blah," and we were just like, "Who the heck is this?" And then she just comes back over. She's like, oh, I'm just playing with you guys, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then we just started chatting with her. And it was Beth, uh, who has been with Steve. And they were just there waiting there in line. And she was just one of the coolest people we, you could ever right. imagine. Right, Beth and meet. Steve Moak. And Definitely. they both, I think they both do, or maybe it was just Beth, but they, they demo games for, for Stronghold and are friends with Stephen Bonacore. So it was just, she's just so friendly. I mean, it wasn't just my magnetic personality that drew her in. I mean, because she, she's really good. <laughs> she's really great about me, meeting people anyway. That's just what she does. But it was awesome that she was just – That's. I mean, that's what you want to do at a con, right? I mean, you go there to meet people and game with people. And so she's just – that's one thing that I really admire about her is she's not afraid to just go right up to anybody and start talking to them. And by the end of the conversation, you made a great friend. And that is Beth. So. Yeah, exactly. And that, incidentally, is what made me leave my game of clinic a little bit early. Jake forgave me and Jesse jumped in in my stead because she said, listen, you guys, tomorrow you need to meet me at 2 o'clock at the Stronghold booth because I have these amazing cake bombs and I am going to let you have some. You know, you need to come on down, visit me, and I'm going to give you some. Of course, I was all about and that. they were amazing. Yeah, they were. They were. Oh, yep. boy, they were Tasted good. like hugs. So, <laughs> tasted right, like hugs. <laughs> she also not only cake bombs, but she had that uh, whatever that was it like a rice crispy thing with like chocolate and, and peanut butter or caramel or something. Or oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. it was. Oh my goodness, to die for that was better than hugs. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> we won't. We won't say. Okay. <laughs> 
And then uh, that's when we all got to meet uh, Mr. Oh, Stephen yeah, that Moncourt. was a pleasure. She introduced us to him, and he's, of course, he's quite the guy. So we enjoyed we enjoyed chatting with him a little bit, and hopefully we'll get to talk to him more in the future. That'd yeah. be good. So Oh, boy. And then became the five-and-a-half-mile walk that we had to walk to go to the next <laughs> restaurant. We had to go to. A, a mile and a half, not five-and-a-half miles. Oh, oh, okay. Felt like five-and-a-half miles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was when that was when we went uh, to the melt, which was actually super yeah. good. I loved the melt. It was definitely yeah. worth the walk. That's oh I'm man! Sure. It, so it's it's basically exactly what you would think of. It's sandwiches like tuna melts, or I had a brisket melt, and Richie, you had w- chicken and waffle melt. Uh, chicken and waffle melt. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but but hold on. Let's start this story <laughs> off with well, we're ordering. Okay, so I'm the first to order. And before we left, Chad was like, oh, I got to make sure to be good while I'm here. I can't eat too much. You know, I want to make sure that I don't gain back weight, blah, blah, blah. So then, so I'm ordering and I order first and they've got an option on there of either getting a half sandwich or a whole sandwich. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't want to eat too much. So I'm going to order just the half sandwich. So then it goes over to Chad and Chad's ordering and Chad's like, Oh, I'm going to take the whole sandwich. I'm like, really? <laughs> so then Richie orders, and Richie's like, yeah, I'm going to take the whole sandwich. So, of course, my manhood is in jeopardy here, so I'm like, uh, no, okay, I'll take the whole sandwich, too. Whoa, was that a mistake? <laughs> it was a yeah. lot of food. I think we didn't, if I remember right, after we ate, because we were groaning and moaning about it, I think we didn't really eat for another 24 hours after that. Easily. That is yep. 100% true. I did not eat for the rest of the day and yeah. the next morning. Which we could turn so that into a new food. diet. Yeah, that's Just right. the melt, the melt diet. diet. Yes. You eat once a day. Oh, diet. man, but I have to say, though, that did crack me up, because the look on Clef's face after we both ordered a full one, and Clef was like, what? <laughs> And Richie, I think, even said, like, yeah. well, Clef, you're not going to order a full one? <laughs> Clef's like, <laughs> trying to be good. Oh, and, of course, the waitress, yeah, the waitress is looking at me like, really? You're not ordering? You know, yeah, okay, I'm a big, heavy guy. Okay, give me the full one. All right. <laughs> which, which was funny, which was even funnier because later, um, later the next day, I think, when we went back to, to uh, Jenny's ice cream, the same thing basically happened where – you had gotten like one scoop of ice cream and I walked out and had like a couple scoops and I was like, what, Clef, you you only got one scoop? And you just kind of walked away from me. You just looked at me, walked away from me. <laughs> trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. Oh All right. Well, when we got back from lunch, oh, I think yeah. I think we we went to visit Rainier at NSKN Games and look at the new Danielle Tashini game, the Teotihuacan, I think that's right. Uh, and the solo mode, which I didn't know about by David Turchi. So, Clef, you kind of were more familiar with that than I was, but we looked at it. It was really interesting. Yeah, the, that, uh, that's the spiritual successor to Zolkin, and Zolkin's been uh, one of my favorite games I've always enjoyed, and so I was really looking forward to it. It looks amazing, and we got a quick demo on how it plays, and... It's got all the buttons that are going to click for me. It's got uh, dice, but they're not rolling dice. They're basically you move them around a board, and when you get to an action space, you can either use that dice to take an action and then, like, upgrade it, which basically makes the dice get, you know, move up a, a pip, or you can take, like, a special bonus action that does something else, but you don't advance your dice up a pip. And then once your dice gets up to a six, it retires, so, and, you know, you're moving other dice around, but it just has all the things that are just going to 
be Euro beautiful goodness for me. So if you like Euro games like that, this one is going to be a good one. I don't think it's going to be ready until Essen. I do believe they said uh, that the prototype they had was not was was still very prototypey. It wasn't a, a done copy at all. Uh, but definitely one to check out. It looked like it had really nice variability as well. Uh, yeah, because the the boards themselves, you can they'll they'll come out in different uh, areas each time. You know, it's not a just a set board, so they'll they'll move around. So I think that'll make it uh, very much uh, variable. And uh, yeah, and that was uh, yeah. Don't even let me say it because I'll screw it up. I'll just let Chad say the game again. <laughs> Teotihuacan. There you go. Teotihuacan. Okay. Yep. All right. Got it. <laughs> and so then I think you you went to talk to Clay from Capstone uh, about Carthago at that point, yeah? Yeah, I, I stopped by and just uh, told him how much we enjoyed it and a really great game. And we chatted for a little bit and talked about some of the uh, some of the stuff that they had talked about on their podcast, uh, the Deep End podcast. We both discussed how the mind is, is not a game and just an activity and uh, how neither one of us like it so that was uh kind of a nice bonding moment there <laughs> clay and i and we talked about a couple other games one of the games that he talked about on there was a uh, bus which is a splatter game and i think it came out like in nine, 1999 or something which actually even uh, predates calus but he was talking about it and telling me how it's a, a you know a worker placement game and you know i'm in the object of the game you know kind of whatever is to score victory points but the uniqueness of this game, which I thought sounded really cool, was you have 15 action cubes to start the game off with. And you can use those action cubes anywhere you want to in the whatever, however many rounds it plays. But once you've used up all your action cubes, you're done for the game. So if you blow all your action cubes by like round three, and like I said, I don't know how many rounds it is, and round four, you don't get any actions. And I think that just sounds like a, a fascinating uh, mechanic. And he said he really liked it. And I made the comment of, well, it's too bad. It's, you know, long out of print. And obviously, splatter games can be hard to get. And he kind of gave me the, uh, well, maybe here soon that might be a game that uh, might be back in print. So hopefully that means uh, Capstone will be reprinting that. And that would be really cool. And I'd be excited to get yeah. to try that one, considering I, I have literally all but, I think, one game from Capstone in my uh, collection. I, I usually tend to like most Capstone games. I, I'd be really looking forward to that's it. good yeah and then i think uh while i was talking to clay is that uh you headed over and talked to uh eagle griffin to pick up an uh, age of steam didn't you chat i went over to eagle griffin to get that age of steam game to finally get it in my collection i had been wanting to get it for a long time so i i went and got that and while i was there i was talking about getting other maps to see if they had those with it and they just kind of included one in the game that I think was from Ted Alsbach, but I'll be excited to play it. I haven't yet. But anyway, as I was talking, the guy who was manning the booth was named David Abelson from Fisher Heaton Games. So David was there, and we got to talking about games and what we like and didn't like, and we're talking about Lisbo and other stuff that was at the booth for Eagle Griffin. And he started talking about his little abstract game called Intel, uh, which is kind of a quick little area control driven game with a theme about hacking. Basically, you have a good hacker and a, a you have a bad hacker, and then somebody that's trying to defend the system. And you've got these 
uh, hexes on the board and you're trying to put down different colored cubes on the board to take over the tile and there's some mechanisms there that dictate where a, the other player places the cube dictates where you have to put your next cube and it kind of goes back and forth but it's a nice quick little game and of course clef liked it uh liked it enough that he bought it right well uh yeah and you know the uh beginning of that story when he was talking to us and we were telling him what type of games we talk about on the podcast he's like well you guys probably wouldn't be interested in this little abstract game and of course chad was like oh no i love abstract games and of course i was like yeah we probably wouldn't talk about that on the podcast in my mind i don't know if i said that um but he said well you know if you want to come check it out as soon as i get done here you can come check it out and of course in my mind i was like uh, yeah either i'm not going to go check it out or chad's just going to go check it out by himself because i don't want to go play an abstract game but of course chad wrote me into going over there so i was like okay and literally, we get done playing the game, and that was another moment of, uh-huh, uh-huh, how much? Okay, I'll take it. It was a cool game. And I'll tell you this much. I've already I've played it with my wife since I've gotten home, and she likes it. And my two of my kids, I taught them how to play, and they played three games in a row of it. They loved it. So that's kind of, I mean, I don't care what game. If I get it home and my kids will play it with even without me, I know I made a good purchase, that's, cool. that's for sure. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. And David was a cool guy. It was really nice to talk to him. And uh, you, definitely, if you like abstract games, definitely check out this game uh, called Intel. It is a very good abstract game. Yep. It's I-N-T-E-L-L-E from Fisher Heaton Games. So, And then we, we basically ended up the day, because remember, we didn't need dinner after we still had melt in our tummies. So we ended up the day by playing <laughs> playing Russian Railroads with the American expansion, which was great. Uh, but we, I think we played it with the wrong rules for probably the third time we played that game. Uh, but that's what happens when you own too many games and you've slept for like two hours. So there you go. But actually, in my defense, I taught only the expansion part and Clef taught the real rules. And Richie tried to help correct him and Clef kept pointing to the book <laughs> non-existently <laughs> insisting that this rule was correct that he was trying to teach. So there's that too. Uh, in my defense... Yeah, I got nothing. Yep, I screwed it up. Okay. Well, really quick for, for anybody who's not clear, uh, Russian Railroads is a worker placement game where it's just points, 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 and you are thematically you're trying to build the railroads, and the points keep escalating. So you score based on how much railroad you've built and how far the trains you put on it can get to, and the scoring just escalates to where you're getting 300 and 400 scores easy at the end of the game. But we use the American expansion, which adds a stock element so that when you're building different parts of your track, when you get to a certain point, you get a stock option where you can move your personal stock up to a certain line and flip a benefit and put that benefit on that line. And so as you go up the stocks track, you earn the benefit and everything that you've already gotten below it. So more more escalation of benefits and points. And it's a fun little game. So we had a good time doing it, even if we did play it a little bit a little bit wrong yeah and on the smallest table possible yes that's right yeah that's that's for sure <laughs> we were having trouble finding table space and that was the best we could do all we did wrong in the game is we had you know an extra couple of meeples so instead of our scores being in three and four hundreds they were in the 400 and 500s that's all i mean no big deal 
<laughs> and it went a little longer than it probably should have. True. Yeah, for sure. But I will say this, and there's one thing I love about Richie. When you tell Richie, hey, this is a function of the game, but it's not real easy and no one else has ever done it, Richie has in his mind, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't care what else goes on. I'm doing it. And we said, oh, no one ever gets to the top for the stock market, so don't even try it. And, of course, then Richie got all the way to the top of yep. the stock market. That's right. And second place. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yes, and second place. I I had a pretty good engine going there, and I just did the boring thing of making a bunch of track and getting up to my white track, and I think I scored, like, over 100 points in the last two rounds. I was, I was, on, it, a, I was on a good roll. It did roll. help that you but, uh, told Jake to ignore one spot. <laughs> that's right. That was good teaching right there. When you were teaching him. Yep. He had never played, and you're like, ah, just focus on these two spots. And then as soon as it was Clef's turn, Clef's like, yep, oh, I'm huh? going right here. And Jake was like, that, uh, that goes <laughs> okay. under the heading well, of things you, you could have told somebody, me. When you teach somebody, sometimes uh, I try earlier. to give them at least a little bit of a thing. And <laughs> I still think the best two spots to start with are the two coins or the two extra workers, and that's what I All told right. them. <laughs> All I forgot to tell them was to go get the engineers. All right, that's the only thing I did. <laughs> but uh, for sure, I just want to talk on, if you like worker placement games, Russian Railroads, if you've not tried it, Give it a try, because it is a great, great game. That's all I had left to say. So then, in day four, uh, we all slept in and went in later on sa- Saturday. And that was that was good, because we kind of just barely missed the Pride Parade traffic, since it was Pride Week, which was uh, great, but totally crazy. And Richie got in just in time, I think, to complete your virtual flea market trade transactions, right? Yeah, I had like three or four set up for Saturday morning. And while we, when we were pulling up, we they were just you know starting to rope off High Street, so we barely got in. And uh, I even jumped out of the car because we were kind of stuck in a little bit of traffic when you guys were trying to get to the uh, the parking garage. But yeah, barely made it in. So that was a really weird scene. I'd never seen anything like that before because people are just standing around in that lobby with with their name or their gamer tag signs like up above their head. It would be like <laughs> it would be like. <laughs> If you went to the airport and got your luggage and there were like a hundred people with, you know, with limousine signs, but also bags of games, it was just the weirdest thing. Like that, I, that is so true. I didn't even think about that. What I was looking at, I was like, what does this remind me of? It's exactly right. I'm yeah. looking for blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'll get in the car with Lorenzo and, uh. <laughs> yep, so. but I was lucky enough to pick up uh, Tournay, which is another out-of-print title, and I got it for like 10 or 15 bucks, and it's basically the card version of Twa, which we've been talking about Twa a lot lately, mm-hmm. a lot lately. so uh, me and Clef got a play of that in, well, what happened to... What happened to you, Chad? I forgot what even happened to you that day. Oh, he 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 stood in line for a cup of coffee for two hours. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, absolutely right. worth it. That New Orleans coffee <laughs> from that place was totally worth it. So I don't feel bad at all because I was, like I said, I'm more of a human being when I have that coffee. And it was great because I went off and I got to chat with Suzanne from the Dice Hour, Dice Tower about her great taste in games. And then I also got to talk to Eric Summer over there because – he has a Jim Henson connection because he interned with him and my wife worked at Jim Henson. So it was cool because, I mean, just like we've been talking about, they are great people, really, really awesome and fun. And like I said, just getting a chance to meet some of those guys that you listen to and hear about, it's just fun. So that was great. 
Uh, and <laughs> walking away, I was a little bit embarrassed because for whatever reason, I'm not even sure why, I think I made Suzanne like shake my hand five or six times. And she even said it. She was like, <laughs> okay, yep, I'll shake your hand again. I think we've done this like four times, but yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh, boy. <laughs> but whatever. Oh, yeah, here comes the handshake guy yeah. again. Everybody's getting out of my way and putting on, putting on uh, disinfectant. <clears throat> but hey, so well, after that, after you guys got done playing tournay, I think we met up again. And then uh, another really big highlight, I think, of the con was was uh, Richie and I got to play Gorus Maximus. It's a trick-taking game that's on Kickstarter right now by Connor McGoey, and actually. I think the, the guy who taught it to us, his name is Channing Gunther, who, along with his, his wife, Andrea, uh, owns a game store called One Stop Shop and Games in Vancouver. And we just had, we just had such a, I mean, the whole experience was great because he's a really funny guy and Richie and I had a really good time playing. We love trick-taking games, if you haven't noticed, because we talk about them all the time. But we had a great time playing a, a team variant, too, that the game had. Once we kind of learned the basics, then we played a team variant with Robert Geislinger from the Dice Tower and Channing, of course. And uh, so, yeah, we were just having a blast. I mean, actually, everything was going was going so well until Channing kind of started talking about Euchre, which was a game that he had played in Canada a lot in his, in his younger days growing up, I guess. And so he was talking about Euchre, and Richie started to get really excited because Richie played card games a bunch as a kid too and Richie started talking to him about the stuff about being in the barn which I, I, we, I was like what are you what? and and of course I think Channing was trying to be polite but Channing was like uh what being in the barn so <laughs> well <laughs> so I grew up playing euchre as well and it's something that's kind of limited to only certain areas play euchre and once you get outside of like the midwest I didn't even know Canada anywhere in Canada they were playing Euchre, but mainly around the Midwest you hear people playing Euchre. And I just had some questions as far as if certain things translate it. And when you get to your ninth point, that's called being, That's we call it being in the barn. Well, yeah, but when you... you you, when you when you said being in the barn, then you like you laced your fingers in front of you like backwards with your thumbs down. You're like, okay, and then we call that being in the barn. And then you did that 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 thing lacing your fingers with your thumbs turned down and that and we were kind of like okay okay but then of course i started getting really uncomfortable when you're basically asking people to milk your thumbs because <laughs> no, i'm not kidding here he's just, he's going, okay so then you know you celebrate and you turn you know and you do this and oh, i'm in the barn and then your teammate's supposed to milk your thumbs and i'm just looking at Channing right. like I am so sorry. And, of course, Robert Geislinger is looking all uncomfortable because he doesn't want to touch anybody's thumbs. <laughs> so. That's right. And, and yes, Channing, was, uh, he looked a little terrified, yeah. for sure. But I had to know because I, I, you know, we did that all the time growing up. Well, you get into ninth point, you get, you get in the barn, and your partner milks you. you that's what oh you God. do. <laughs> So I, oh after this, after uh, Channing confirmed that this is clearly something that just happened in Ohio, or I went you. online. <laughs> yeah, I was a little concerned that my friends were just weird. Yeah, um... That's why I asked. <laughs> but I looked it up, and it was on Wikipedia. And, 
It was also on Urban Dictionary, but I, I'm going to send you to Wikipedia if you want to know more about it. But yes, <laughs> when you get your ninth point, you are in the barn, and then you interlace your fingers, stick them out with your thumbs down, and your partner milks them. <laughs> and you are, it's... It's a moment. Oh, boy. It's a moment. Oh, boy. Is that like a moment from Ghost? <laughs> Chad, I, I, <laughs> Chad, Chad I have an idea. I think we put up something on a on our guild page, uh, 3227 on Board Game Geek, and I would like to know from any of our listeners if they have ever heard of milk okay. in the thumbs. <laughs> That's or like being in know. the barn, or being in the barn with Richie, being in the barn, or any of that stuff. <laughs> 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 all right well oh boy so we'll see richie if anybody will back you sounds up sounds good <laughs> all right let's do it okay so anyway we love we we do love this game though seriously we we love the trick taker goris maximus we both backed it right away and you know what i mean if we were doing clef's kickstarter corner this episode this would be it uh the quan chai moria art on it is super cool and the team mode that's kind of what sets it apart from some of the other trick takers that we've been playing recently but the designer, Connor, it was great to meet him. He's also a really good guy. And apparently, I mean, according to Richie, if you back the game, you get a bear hug. That was good. That's right. right. Yep. And I got my, my bear hug already. Yeah, you so. did. I mean, yep, he, he I turned he yep. turned you down on the thumbs, but he did give you a bear hug. So <laughs> He did. <laughs> so. Well, the good news is he gave you the hug after right. turning you down on the thumbs. Yeah. So that's right. That's right yeah. yeah. Uh, but then oh, after all that, in fact, I like that game so much, we got Norm from the, the game shop in Omaha and kind of introduced him to Connor. So hopefully he kind of hit it off and is going to pick some of those games up for the store. So we'll see. But that'll be good. Yeah, it's really good game. And if you are into you know classic card games at all, I think Connor said he grew up playing bridge. Um, anything like that, especially if you really like partner play, it is a great game. Definitely go back in on Kickstarter. What's what was the price point on that, Richie? I backed at the premium level, which was I think it was twenty dollars Canadian. I have no, no it worked out to rate. about eighteen dollars US, basically. Okay, and, that, yeah, and that's com- bucks, that's so. coming with like some poker chips for the counters and some linen finish and the the black or ivory core i can't remember which those are all unlocked goals so you're you're gonna and they just announced today that uh some more uh, stretch goals are coming since it's doing so well Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna like this game if you like trick takers i think so check it out i think i better go back at that one (laughs) (laughs) so after all that fun uh we went to the rio grand booth for a while rio grande booth for a while and we played a pretty slow motion game of Concordia because I think we were we were all really dragging. In fact, I offered to play Happy Salmon with Clef to get him to wake up, but he was not into it. So, well, <laughs> that's because it's Happy Salmon. But uh, yeah, I barely even remember playing Concordia. <laughs> I, I think I slept through most of it while yeah. I played. <laughs> that was a little bit of a dragon moment for sure, because uh, that's when we were. Kind of just waiting a little bit to head over to the heavy cardboard meetup. And, of course, once again, we couldn't find a table to play at because all the tables were in the boardroom, which they wouldn't take our money to go over there and play. <laughs> yep. Do I sound bitter? <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but after that, uh, we met up with Michelle from Omaha, who had been demoing in the CGE booth. and Because uh, we had been there earlier and we tried Tosh Kalar. Uh, which was, it's an abstract strategy game by Vlada Hvadl about summoning beasts in an arena and using cards to move them with this pattern recognition mechanism. 
but you can either play scoring objectives for points or the deathmatch mode. And I think, Richie, you and, and Clef played against each other after I kind of brought brought it to your attention because I thought it'd be something that you and Jessica might like. Yeah, when we did the, uh, I think they call it the high form mode. And that was, pr- I mean, at that point, me, both me and Clef were... <laughs> basically sleeping yes, you were. so <laughs> we probably would have been better off doing the death match but it, uh it was interesting it was definitely an interesting game i definitely want to try it when i'm more awake for sure right yeah um yeah i was i i won and i'm gonna go undefeated in that game because uh i'm never playing it again uh, just not for me i i and maybe i was tired but i still didn't like just the mechanics of the game just just mm-hmm. weren't my style uh, I can definitely see where it's a good game, and I think people who would like like a little bit of it reminded me of Summoner Wars, which is not really one of my favorites. But if you like those type of games where you're kind of battling back and forth with players and, and trying to do uh, things like that, uh, I, I think it'd, it'd be a good game for people like that. Yeah, so anyway, it was good to talk to Michelle about what had been going on in the CGE booth and stuff, and uh, she doesn't really know it, but I think she's going to help me build my gaming table since she's got such a sweet setup. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, if if you guys ever have a chance uh, to see pictures of her basement room, I mean, she puts mine to shame. I mean, it, she's made these beautiful bookshelves, and uh, she's got a bar and she's got a table. I mean, she is set up and ready to play some games. Yep. Uh, so, Michelle, anytime you're ready to invite us over, we are ready to come and. Yep. Play some games over there. Well, then we moved on, like you said, to Barley's, which was where the heavy cardboard meetup was. And while we were waiting around, we waited in a free uh, arcade upstairs, which was really, really fun to play some of those old, some of those old games. In fact, I think I ended up with some tendonitis from all the button mashing, actually, because we, <laughs> we were playing that superhero game, and I just all of a sudden I, my hand cramped up completely, but. I don't know. It was good. It was fun. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not yep. young like we used to when we used to be able to hit those buttons a million times and be okay. It's now yeah. it's like, ow! Yeah. <laughs> yep. But that was fun. It had that race car game and uh, cruising right. in the USA or something. Yep. I, 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 really neat to be able to just to pop in there and and uh, you know have a drink and, and play some free, free, free video games. It was cool. Yeah, so then we, um, we went downstairs and we met up with Edward and Jess who were uh, heading up the meetup, and that was really great to talk to them. They were really genuine and easy to talk to, and of course I bought them a drink and pumped them for details about escape plans since they had gotten to play it, so that was good. And then while it was kind of filling up anyway, we taught high society to some new friends that sat down at the table, uh, Heather and Michigan Ryan, so so that was a good time. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, I think from now on, um, anytime that we have like kind of a lighter game, I think we're just going to call it a Heather game because if you get too complicated with Heather, she is not going to understand what you're talking about. And that's what happened with high society. Uh, she, we basically told her she had to bid on these cards, but whoever has the least amount of money at the end of the game cannot win. And I think like four turns in, she was completely broke. So she didn't quite. <laughs> well, get the now, hey, in Heather's <laughs> defense, in Heather's defense, a she had been drinking wine. Okay, b she was not a sure. gamer at all. In fact, she got dragged nope, to this very thing. True. Yeah. So if you if you look at it that way, I mean, High Society is not the easiest gateway game. I mean, because that's really what you're playing. When we no. talked about board games, she was like. Uh, this isn't really my thing. I mean, I played Monopoly a little bit, you know, and so then you know, right? I mean, 
we were this is yep. just what we had in our pockets we had that and of course michigan ryan was super excited because he had just bought the game at the convention too so he's like yeah we're, we got to play it, you know and so honestly yeah. you had three board gamers there who knew exactly what was going on so and and she you know she was yeah. tipsy and and does and wasn't a gamer so <laughs> i don't want to make it sound like she's a ditz or right. anything because she wasn't it was just it was just like she was like whoa no, whoa yeah. Right. No, no, no. It, well, and to start with, we didn't even realize since, you know, this was the heavy cardboard meetup, we just assumed that these were, at least we assumed Michigan Ryan was, you know, uh, you right. know there for the meetup. But we found out afterwards, they had just kind of stumbled down there and saw there was a sign that said right. Origins After Dark. And they had come down there just, uh, you know, to hang out, and which was really cool because it was, it was almost neat just to have a couple people who weren't really big in the gaming scene and, and didn't know anybody down yeah there. in it's fact that fun. was one of my favorite things about it yeah i would say i gave uh props to heather because she says she lasted about two hours at the convention and <laughs> i was telling my wife about it and she's like oh i would never do that <laughs> yeah. and my wife is <laughs> she's a gamer <laughs> as soon as she would see like a grown man wearing elf ears she'd be out she's done <laughs> I think she'd be actually really mad at you that you were trying to let somebody else milk your thumbs. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played euchre with my wife, so <laughs> I don't know how she would feel uh, about not. it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, then we, uh, once we finished High Society, we tried to play, or you guys taught me because I didn't have a chance to play, the uh, Gorius Maximus, which was a very cool game. And Heather liked that one uh a little bit better. She understood that because she understood trick-taking games. So that was fun. And then at some point I got up from the table. I think I had some nachos or something I had to get. And when I came back to the table, you guys were playing. Well, don't forget, too, <clears throat> Sean came by. Our, a new buddy Sean came by, and he jumped in as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, okay. yeah, we did. Yes. Okay. We did play, we yes. did play the mind. We, we ended up playing the mind. And you know what? I, I'm going to come right out. I think it's a fun activity. Fun activity. <laughs> and, and that was the perfect situation for It was activity. exactly the perfect situation. In fact, I think, I mean, you watched the end of that game. I mean, everybody was so excited. Like, Heather was Heather was just going around the table, you know, just, come on, we can do this, you guys. And, and Michigan Ryan, who had kind of, even though he was excited to play these games, he was kind of laid back and just kind of not sure what to think of anybody. He was... You know, he was not real outgoing until that point. And then he's like fist bumping me and he's like, come on, we can do this. You just going around. It, it, <laughs> I mean, it was great. It really brought out the people at the table. And Sean, who probably doesn't play games like that very often, at least it seemed like he was he was in there and it, it was good. I, I definitely see why you bring this game out, who it's for and what it does. Definitely. I, I would agree. Uh uh, you know, I'm a little bit poo-poo on the game just because it, it it doesn't seem like much of a game. But I will agree with you guys that it does it, it has its certain spots, and that was definitely one of them, and that was a lot of fun to, to hang Richie, out with just so, game. Just so yeah, people know, Richie, why don't you uh, tell people real quick what the, what the mind does or the way it works? Yeah, so uh, you have a deck of cards that goes from uh, 1 to 100, and the whole goal of the game is to play out your cards in the way that – the number of cards you get depends on the num the round that you're on. So in the first round, you get one card. And everyone has to play that in ascending order without talking, without making gestures or anything like that. Now, <laughs> when you're in this situation that we were in where people have had some drinks, 
there's a little bit of fudging of the rules. But if you play the game straight up, you're not supposed to talk. You're not supposed to make any gestures. You can say stop every once in a while to try to get everyone to refocus. But it was like like we've already said, it was that was the perfect situation for it. And it was a lot of fun. We had I mean, we had a great time at that meetup for several reasons. It was a blast. And then we we left. And by that time, we were finally hungry again. So we came home to Richie's house and Richie's dad had basically slaughtered a whole barnyard in our honor. So it's good that we were hungry (laughs) again because they were like, I think a whole cow of burgers and two pigs of hot dogs. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. These were huge tins. No. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what, I didn't know if he thought we were going to be bringing back the entire meetup with us or what. Yeah. We we could have fed the entire right, meetup with that food. Yeah. <laughs> Two racks of ribs. There was like fifteen or twenty burgers, yep. and then he, then after we ate that, all of a sudden he brings up this like thirty hot dogs <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> like, we don't, we definitely didn't need yeah. that, but yep. it was good. That really kind of almost brings it to the end. We had our car ride back, which was basically the same twelve hours, and. We got back, and Chad had to go straight to work, and Richie and I had a day of extra game playing, and that's about it. So overall, guys, your first time at a con, what were your impressions? Overall, it was a fantastic trip. Uh, I think that was the about the perfect size. I, I just can't imagine Gen Con. You know, is it Gen Con like 80,000? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. the 80,000, yeah. <laughs> I could not imagine that. This the, the nice thing about Origins is that you – I mean, you have the vendor hall, which, you know, had a lot of the the big publishers there, uh, but it wasn't crowded. It, you could get to where you wanted to get to easily. And, you know, the outside of, you know, them not selling us the boardroom pass, you know, it, it was a pretty smooth experience and a, definitely a, a great first, you know, big con. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully this becomes a thing we do every year. Uh, that'd be great. So, Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. What about you, Chad? I would say, other than the drive and not getting very much sleep that one day, I had a blast. And you're right. It was the perfect size con because you had a lot of stuff going on and a lot of things to see. But really, what this was about for me, we didn't play as many games, I think, as we expected to. And it wasn't just because of the boardroom pass. It was about getting together and hanging out with people. And then just meeting new people. And I really had a blast meeting new people. Lots of new people. And I mean, because that's why we do this podcast. We do it to connect to people. It was it was great. I had a great time and I'm so glad I went. Yeah, uh, for me, definitely. This was my first Origins. And I'll have to say Origins. I, I liked the atmosphere better in Origins. It was more low key, a lot less people. You could, you know, walk around with relative ease and you still got the feel of, of the con. You still had the meeting of people, um, which at Gen Con, you don't have a lot of opportunity to do. It's so fast and so everything's so crazy. I definitely enjoyed Origins. And yeah, I, I hope we make this a regular thing because it is, it is a great time. Just maybe next time we fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so now it is time to draft our favorite games from 2017.
us have probably played around 75 different games from 2017. Um, now, of course, that's not everything, but that would be impossible. Now, some of this is due to availability of not being able to get the game um, and certain titles we just know we generally wouldn't like, so we don't play those. But we have played quite a bit, so we're ready to give you our top games from 2017. Now, in the interest of time, we're only going to do a top four draft. And so, Richie, tell them how our draft works. Definitely. So we're going to be doing a serpentine draft. So meaning the person who picks last in the first round will pick first in the second round. And once a game is drafted, it's off the board. No one else can draft it. That way we'll all have unique lists. And uh, how about we roll for it? All right. I don't know what the point is. I always roll <laughs> no, one. That's what's happening in this Maybe session. we should start doing two dice. That way you uh, can avoid that. All right. Well, that, there, that's true. Ooh, six. All right. Whatever. <laughs> that's what I got. I got a six. Clef, what do you let's got? Not discuss, let's, let's not discuss what I got. Let's just uh, have you guys roll off. All right, Chad. I'm rolling. All right, again. here we go. <sighs> Three. One. Ooh, nice. Um, You know what, Chad? I'm going to give you a little gift since you sat in the back seat the entire trip. <laughs> that's and right. You get to go first. I did call a shotgun. Let it be known. <laughs> you never did get shotgun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Chad's going to go first. I'll go I'll go second. Clef, you go third. All right. Well, Richie, thanks so much for that gift. I am going to draft in my top spot Gaia Project. Not a huge surprise here, I don't think, but Gaia Project from Helga Ostertag and Jens Drogmuller. It's a re-implementation of uh, Terra Mystica, and I played Terra Mystica, didn't really love it at first, but Gaia Project really made some changes to that cult track, made it a technology track, really tied in all the actions really nicely. It's a huge, thinky game with a lot of variability in all the factions, it's sort of area control. They scaled the board for two-player much better, and it's it's been a favorite of mine. I'm never going to turn this down right now. I will I will play it and try to discover all the, the factions. I'm not much good at it, but I really like this game, and that's Gaia Project. Good pick. All right, Richie. So my first pick, I'm, and I probably don't need to take this first, but I'm going to take it first because it's my number one game from last year, is Santa Maria. Mm-hmm. And... Mm. <laughs> I like to hear that sound out of the So, <laughs> in Santa Maria, and we've talked about this in the past. So, it's dice drafting. You've got the uh, little Tetris pieces that you're putting out onto your board, activating different buildings. It's a fantastic game. I've played it way too many times, which is a good thing. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's my number one game overall from last year. It's super crunchy even though you only have just a few things that you can do on your turn, fantastic game. So Santa Maria for my number one pick. Good one. Uh, All right. Left what you got. That is excellent. Uh, so you guys know uh, Lacerda and Ian O'Toole put out a game last year, right? <laughs> um, Chad, don't worry. Don't worry, Chad. I was ready for uh, a big blow up. <laughs> Just trying to mess with me. Oh, that would have been awesome. Oh, just a little, just a little. Um, no, I'm going with my number one game from last year, too, and that is Clans of Caledonia. This game just blew me away, and I we've talked about it plenty, and it's a, just one of those Euro games that just has all the buttons that click for me. Every time I play it, I enjoy it. It just has that great complexity with the 
you know, speaking of Gaia Project, you know, it's a, it has that similarity where you're pulling stuff off your board and putting the uh, pieces out there, and then you have production where you're uh, getting the, those things that you produce, but you have these contracts that you're trying to complete. And I think my favorite mechanic still to this day is the, you know, in the beginning rounds, your contracts give you money when you take them, and then, you know, the next round they're free. They don't cost anything, but they don't give you anything. And then as it goes along, they start costing you more and more money to take them as the rounds go along and i just i just love that i just think that's just a really cool idea overall just an amazing game uh yeah that's clans of caledonia for my first pick so i then get pick number two right away and i'm gonna go with the game that was my number one for quite a long time last year in 2017 and just barely lost out to clans and that is uh anachrony uh from uh what mind clash games on anachrony i know it mind clash i can't believe cameras yeah they did a trick right and the designers are richard Uh, amon and victor peter and david turtsy i think did a little bit of the solo stuff in there that's supposed to be really great solo mode on that yeah the solo mode um so yeah um worker placement game set uh like a sci-fi futuristic type of thing where they know that an asteroid's coming to blow up the planet, and so they're sending things back in time, trying to help out a little bit to try to get your people evacuated from the planet. Theme aside, it's it's just a really cool mechanical game where you're building different buildings and you're uh, you know having worker placement where you're trying to get different things, and you have different people that you put in these exosuits with these incredibly cool miniatures that go out on the board. Um, whether you think they're cooler painted or not, they are really cool to play with. And it's just one of those games that every time I play it, it gives me that great feeling of just, I, when I finish, it's just a great puzzle that I've gotten to play and I, and I really love it. So that's my number two pick anachrony. All right. So Mr. Ritchie, what's your next pick? All right. For my second pick, I'm going to go with Gentis. Uh, originally, Published by Spielworks, I believe, and TMG picked it up, and they did a deluxified copy, which I'm uh, super excited to pick. Be getting mine, you know, whenever that comes out. I saw some pictures of it, and it looks really good as far as what they've done with the the deluxified components. They just put out a recent picture, Uh, but it's action selection, hand management. Uh, uh, Me, Corey, and Clef got to play this not, you know, maybe like a month ago again, and it it still holds up. Uh, It is just a fantastic game. If you get a chance to track down a copy uh, once TMG uh, pulls uh, brings it out here, uh, you know definitely do that because it, it's well worth it. So, yep, uh, that is Gentis. And I, you know I was kind of holding that in my back pocket too because I'm really excited to get my copy. Uh, Stefan Risthouse is the designer on that one, and he he's also done Arkwright, which I have yet to play, but I want to and. It's, it's just a really great medium weight game with that time mechanism where you have to figure out, do I want more actions that's going to hurt me in the next turn or do I, do I want to save it and kind of pace myself? So it's good. Good pick. Yeah. A lot of good decisions. All right. So it's back to me, correct? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to go with my number two pick. I am going to take Lisboa, of course. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you better have yep. uh that is my number one game for the year but i knew i'd, I'd have to corral Ka- gaia project if i wanted it on my list so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say 
yeah, Lisboa is, is tops for me. I really like Vital Lacerda and then the marriage of his game mechanisms with the graphic design, which is super intelligent by Ian O'Toole and the colors. I'm in love with this game and the production of this game. And it's just beautiful and so thematic. I mean, I'm honestly going to say this is one of the best manuals that I've read for a game. It's long, but it is in different colors where it's explaining themes so you can remember some of the mechanisms because they're so closely tied to the history of the game. So Lisboa is obviously about the earthquake and fire and flood that happened in one week to the the town of Lisbon in the 1600s, I believe. And everything that is happening in this game is so thematic and tied to the mechanisms and the history of the town. And it's just, it's just a fantastic game. So that's my top one of the year. I love it. The multi-use cards are really what do it for me, even though they have less uses. It's just a great marriage of mechanisms. So that's my my uh, second pick, my number one overall, Lisboa. So coming back around for my third pick, I am going to take Nushfjord. Uh, we just reviewed this. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. We, we, uh, awesome. we just reviewed this last time, and I I like this game the more I play it. It's just, it, it's addictive. Whether it's the solo game, which I usually don't play, or a quick game between two players or three players. It moves so quick, the decisions are just tight enough, and I can teach it fairly easily to people that don't have as much experience with board games. It's a total win for me. Now, it's not my favorite Uwe Rosenberg game, but it is right up there at the top for me. Um, and I, I really enjoy it. So the worker placement in this game is where it's at, and uh, that's my third pick. Nushfjord. I really didn't think I had to worry about that so soon. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, but if we're doing four, I got to get it. I know, got I know. He's, he's being a little snake here I in this know. one. He's just picking them out, knowing what to, what, what we're going to pick, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> All right. So uh, my third pick, I'm going to go with Heaven and Ale. Uh, so it was uh, our, our first review, right? I think it was, was yeah. Our first that was our second oh, episode. Yeah, our first, our review, first review. Episode. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like I said back then, it – it's a high five for me and uh, could easily be a six if it gets some expansions, which is possible that, you know, since it got nominated for the Kenner Spiel this year. So uh, great game, super easy to play, but uh, just extremely hard to do well in the game. And I, I think it scales well from two to four and it plays so fast that, you know, you can, you can knock out a few games back to back. So, I won't go on about it anymore since we already did a review about it. Just check that out. That's my third pick, Heaven and Ale. All right. Excellent. So now I'm ready for my last two. And I think that maybe you guys might be a little surprised, that, I, but I just have the feeling that this game has to make my list. And and I'm going to go with Merlin. Mm. Oh, nice. Uh, it, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised myself that I picked this game because – uh, you know, it's it's not super heavy. It's not over-the-top complicated, uh, like, you know, Anachrony or even Clans. But it just always gives me that good feeling while I'm playing it that, you know, when I make a cool move or I do something to get something here or there, that just, uh, I just, it kind of gives me that good feeling. I think 
a part of the reason I, my wife likes it a lot. So she's played with me quite a few times and everybody I've kind of taught the game is it's, it's been a pretty cool game. Uh, it just kind of clicks all the buttons. And so I'm taking it as my number three pick Merlin, uh, kind of a roll, roll and move, which once again, that sounds crazy to be in my top <laughs> of 2017, <laughs> but definitely a great game by the great Stefan Feld. Uh, if you haven't tried this one, definitely give it a try. You want to come on over, call me up, and we'll make a date, and we'll we'll play that game because it's <laughs> one of my favorites. That one's great, too, because it has the combos. That feeling you were talking about, it's all about chaining those combos together, and that's what's so great when you feel really good about chaining those combos. So I think that's the feeling you're talking about, and, and it is kind of infectious. So I agree. Good, good choice. Yeah, great yeah. game. I'm really on the edge because I have a couple that I, I've really enjoyed, and I'm trying to decide, but I think the one that I'm going to go with over the other two is I'm going to go with Pulsar no. 2849. Yep. yep. Ah. Um, which the weirdest thing is, is I remember the first time we played this game, I thought to myself, I don't even know if I'm going to play this game again. It just didn't really go great that first game. But once I've learned it and kind of understand it, it is, one once again, one of those fun games where – you know, I'm doing a bunch of, you know, do I take this action or do I do this or do I go with this or do I get this technology? It's just have all those great decision-making things. And once again, can do those, you know, oh, if I do this, then I'll get this dice and then I'll get this dice. You've got that great, you know, uh, endorphin type of feeling when you get those actions to go off. Love it. It looks beautiful. Once I figured out how to actually do the dice and do them correctly on how you draft them, it all came together and... I think it's one that I'm really glad it's in my collection. I think it's going to stay there a long time. I really, really enjoy that. That's uh, Pulsar 2849 by uh, yep, Suchi. Is that right, Chad? Yep, Vladimir Suchi. So. All right, so back to you, Richie. No longer is Pulsar on the <laughs> nope. board, sir. Yes. It was going to be News Feared, and then it was going to be Pulsar. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll just keep... Ooh, Chad, we're doing a good job. <laughs> we'll just keep dropping down the list. Can't do clans, so let's keep on going. And uh, I will be doing Tournament at Camelot. Oh, all right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously we talked about it before, but... Uh, trick-taking game, uh, it's basically like if you turn Cosmic Encounter into a trick-taking game, essentially. Hmm. Uh, you know, great uh, variable player powers that really make it interesting. And just overall, fantastic card game, something that is relatively cheap to pick up. So uh, there's no reason that it shouldn't be in your collection. Uh, one of my favorite trick-taking games out there and uh, probably overall the best card game that came out last year. So... Uh, yeah, Tournament at Camelot will be my last pick. That actually really surprised me. I like that game quite a bit, but I, I'm surprised. I guess I, I, well, I should know, card game. And you're right, it was a good one. Yes. So, but uh, <laughs> It's my number eight overall. Okay, all right, good. I'm going to go with my last pick. This was a little bit lower down, but not much. I, I really enjoyed Pulsar, and I was hoping to pick that one up because dice drafting is where it's at for me. But not too much further down. In fact, right after it, I've got Whistle Stop by Scott Scott Caputo and Bezier Games. So I, Richie, I think it was maybe, was it your birthday day that we played all the games and, and you introduced this one for, with one to us on your birthday, I think? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yep. And I just, I kind of fell in love with it. It's not a real, it's not a real heavy game by any stretch. It's maybe light medium, 
but it is so fun to find the combos when you lay those tiles down and get some special powers for your train and kind of chain those combos or exploit those combos, figure out the way to do that and move around the board and then try to balance that with what your opponents are doing. Are they rushing the end game and trying to get across or should you kind of try to pick up and deliver some more, some more exports around the board first? So I just... I really liked my plays of this game. It's fairly easy to teach, and there's a lot to think about. I, I guess if there were one bad thing I would say about it is that sometimes you can really AP if you're not careful because there's a lot of ways yeah. to go with things, just orienting a tile in the right direction and that sort of thing. But I am still nonetheless very excited to try out the expansion that we saw demoed at... Origins, which is the Rocky Mountains expansion, which seems to add some mining in the mountains where you can get some special resources and some different end game tile objectives that you can rush towards and also some special some different special power cogs that you can plug into your train. So all those looked really fun. And that's supposed to come out at Gen Con. I'm expecting uh Clef to mule me back a copy of that. So I'm pretty excited. And that's that's whistle stop. My number four from Scott Caputo. Hey, you might have to have somebody else do it. I'm I'm going to be working. <laughs> <Okay. on>. um, <laughs> I already told my friend Corey that he's going to have to do all my mewling while I'm working. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to read it off here real quick, just so everybody. Uh, so Chad uh, picked Gaia Project. Chad picked Lisboa Newsfjord. And whistle stop. Man, that's that's a really good list. Like when that goes up on the guild, that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, I think that's number three. Uh, then we had Richie had Heaven and Ale, Santa Maria, Gentis, and Tournament at Camelot. And then the uh, winning list will be Anachrony, Clans of Caledonia, Merlin, and. Oh, Pulsar, that's a pick? pretty good list there. Pulsar. Pulsar. <laughs> and some other game Such I can't remember. Like, what I can't read my list. own writing. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't matter. The top three were good enough to bring me over the top. I didn't even need the fourth three there. <laughs> yep. Yep. So you can go over to our guild, and like normal, we'll have uh, the voting up to vote on who has the best list. And then we're also going to put up our top ten, uh, our actual top ten in order. So uh, go ahead and go over, check it out. Also, uh, you know, put in the games that you would have drafted or just put in your whole top 10 as well. Yep. And don't forget also to look at the guild and just, I mean, just tell Richie that milking thumbs is not okay. So <laughs> it, yes, it is okay. Well, <laughs> vote on whether you someone oh. else's thumbs. <laughs> Getting to that ninth point is an exciting uh, moment, and it, it can only be topped by milking your partner's oh, thumbs. Man. <laughs> oh, boy. Right. Okay, on that note, if uh, you'd like to contact us, like we've already talked about, uh, Guild 3227, we're also at uh, punchboardparadise.com, um, or you can go to our Punchboard Paradise Facebook page. And we've also got our Instagram, which is uh, Punchboard Paradise, and finally our Twitter, which is at Punchboarders. Or send us an email for the mailbag at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. Okay, well, if you stuck with us to the end, we appreciate it. We know this was kind of a longer episode. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, next time on Punchboard Paradise, 
the punch boarders will review the new capstone game, Carthago. Have a great day. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.